Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions. And uh, just I just think this is a great show. And these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. What's up, guys? Welcome to a breaking news special edition of Talking Into Infinity. Uh, Mike Portnoy is back in Dream Theater. Let's not even beat around the bush. Brian is going to be logging in here in a second. But uh, the news just hit dreamtheater.net, the official website of the band, uh, just a minute ago, actually. Um, so, yeah, Portnoy is back. Wow. This is uh, pretty crazy news, man. Um Obviously, people have been talking about this uh, for years and years. A lot of fans hoping this would be the case. Um, wow. <laughs> this was definitely kept under wraps, man, because nobody really saw this coming for sure. Um, pulling back the curtain just a little bit. I um, I kind of wondered about something being potentially in the works. Um when I was booking the interview with Mangini because the publicist, you know, pulling back the curtain was very, very adamant that we not ask a single dream theater question. So that's not normally the case when you do interviews like that. It's, you know, you can ask like one question, you know, if, if it veers off into if you're doing a, an interview with a guy about a solo project, and it happens to veer off into the realm of the actual, you know, the, the the main band. It's not a problem. This time it was, no, don't ask anything Dream Theater. No, absolutely none, which was kind of like, okay, what the hell is that about? So um, it was very interesting. So I, I that that kind of led me to kind of question things a little bit. So, um, well, Brian, uh, this is definitely the craziest, uh, craziest thing we've had to talk about on the show <laughs> ever. Um Dude, you like totally called this. Well, I was just that saying, was like, really bizarre. <laughs> like, well, really, but, really, really bizarre. Well, as I was <laughs> brain, nice, <laughs> nice spelling there, buddy. Um, nice spelling on your name. Um, but yeah, I was, I was saying, like, you know, the publicists when you when you book an interview, they don't normally mind if you know if it's for a solo project. They don't mind if it veers into the territory of asking a question or two about the main band. But this publicist was really. He was really like, no, whatever you do, like just absolutely no dream theater questions. And I was kind of like, well, what the hell is up with that? Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. Um, that being said, I mean, if you know, I, I had I was wondering about it, but I, I didn't think it would be with, you know, less than a week from when we talked to Mike Mangini that, you know, that's that's pretty crazy. I know. Um, yeah. Not even, that's what I was saying. Not even a week. I was like. I don't know. I feel like you should buy a lottery ticket or something, <laughs> right? You know, uh, not, not not to make light of Mangini losing his drumming job, but wow, I yeah. Mean, the fact that you were like that dead on, and it's six days later, I, I well, don't know. 
I can't really, I, dude. I, I don't want to take credit. And say I knew this was happening, like no, because it's, no. that's not the case. It was just a guess, but I mean, it just seemed weird to me. It's really it, bizarre, though. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kale McLeish tuning in. Uh, he says, "Hold up, did you have the last interview with Mangini before he was officially out?" Um, maybe. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's really a feather in our cap. Really. <laughs> I, I mean, know. I doubt it. He's been um, promoting this thing nonstop. So yeah. Uh, David Condren, good to see you, man. He says, I never saw this coming. I'm totally shocked. Disbelief. Wow. Uh, Mike Lamagna, good to see you, man. He says, the impossible happened. Yeah. Yeah, this is, um, wow. I'm supposed to be working, put it that way. My, I, we are in the busiest, busiest part of our, our whole work schedule, and I'm down here podcasting. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, the, the, the benefits of working from home. So, uh yeah, this is pretty crazy. Well, let's let's read this press release here because um, it's official on the website. And, and you know, it was interesting because I was wondering about stuff, and I I, I happen to be looking. Um, Roninho Batista says, uh, "Good to see you, May." Says, "Shock! This is really unexpected. What shocking news? No hints or anything from DT." Um, Kale, I'm going to ban you from the chat if this happens. He says, "Hmm, repentance might be played next to her. You shut up with that." don't even bring it <laughs> i don't even want to hear it um yeah it was funny because i was actually looking up some stuff this morning and about five minutes to ten i went on the dream theater website and i had been on there earlier and i went back to it to look for something and the all of it was the, the site was gone and it was like the it was like the the admin login i was like what the hell is going on here and then so I, I refreshed a few times and all of a sudden one time I refreshed the the you know the news release came up. Um you know for those those of you guys like you know in the chat and everything I mean this is this is official. Um so you know this is this is this is crazy man. So you know here we go. I mean it's you know bring this up on the screen so everybody knows that this is the real deal. This is from Dream Theater's website. Dream Theater announced the return of drummer Mike Portnoy. So there it is. It's this is this is legit. Um, wow. So here we go. I, I wonder how fans are going to react to this, man. This, this is this is this is pretty interesting because everybody's so many people have talked about this for so long. But I mean, oh, I think it's going to be ninety nine point nine 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 percent positive. You know, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be too many. There's not going to be too many like, all right, I'm done with the band. They brought back Portnoy. I just, I yeah. see that's, that, <laughs> dude, that's, that's absolutely not happening because the opposite happened before when he yeah. was out. And so you, if anything, you're going to be getting those people back. Wow. This is crazy, man. Yeah. There's a whole big, long press release. Okay. Um, Grammy winning progressive music Titans dream theater are announcing the return of drummer Mike Portnoy to the group. Portnoy will reunite with guitarist John Petrucci and bassist John Mayung. The trio formed the band at the Berkeley college of music in 1985, along with longtime members, vocalist James Labrie and keyboardist Jordan Rudis dream theater will be going into the studio to begin working on their 16th studio album. And the first with Portnoy since 2009's black clouds and silver linings. Ooh, statement from Mike Mangini here. I understand Dream Theater's decision to get Mike Portnoy back at this time, states Mike Mangini. As was said from day one, my place was not to fill all the roles that Mike held in the band. I was to play the drums in order to help the band carry on. My main role of keeping our live show working tightly on a nightly basis was an intense and rewarding experience. Thankfully, I got to experience playing music with these iconic musicians, as well as some fun times laced with humor. I also really enjoyed spending lots of time with the crew. 
And then there's the Grammy win, which was amazingly satisfying. To the fans, thank you so much for being amazing to me. I cherish the pictures I have of all of you losing your minds and having fun. Finally, I really love the band, crew, and management and wish them and the entire organization all the best. Uh, Mike Mangini's drumming is otherworldly, and I'm extremely grateful for the time he spent with us in Dream Theater. I'm very proud of all the amazing music we made together that culminated in our first Grammy win last year and the countless magical moments that we've shared on the stage over the past 13 years. I wish him all the best of success in his future musical endeavors, explains John Petrucci. I'm incredibly excited to welcome Mike Portnoy back into Dream Theater. As an original founding member, longtime friend, and incredibly talented and creative drummer, I know that his return will bring a renewed spirit, passion, and energy into Dream Theater that all of us, including our fans, will joyfully welcome. I can't wait to roll up our sleeves and get back into the studio together. It's great to be back true to form with our original drummer, Mike Portnoy. We started playing together as Majesty. Okay, okay, so they, they, all, they all said something. Okay. Uh, okay, there's a statement from each of the guys. All right, here's Portnoy. I am overwhelmed with joy to be returning home and reuniting with my brothers. There is so much shared history between us all, so many memories, so much music, to think we're coming up on 40 years since this journey began. The idea of creating new music together is so exciting, and I absolutely cannot wait to hit the road and get to play live for a whole new generation of fans that weren't ever able to see this lineup before. There's no place like home, exclaims Mike Portnoy. Wow. Well, and that, that answers the question. I, I was I was kind of wondering if they were going to go like immediately go out on tour, or uh, uh, you know if they were immediately going to go out on tour if they were, if they were going to put a record out. It looks like they're going to go into the studio, which is pretty cool. So, man, yeah, Chris Aiken. Well, I guess I called this one, John. Yeah, we got to give Aiken some uh, points on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's like I say when that publicist was really adamant about absolutely no Dream Theater questions. You know, Bo Van Bibber, good to see you, man. He says uh, I had to wonder when I saw Bumblefoot said Sons of Apollo was done last week. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff, Bo, that like kind of in the last week that came up that was really kind of telling, that kind of signaled this so um i still don't know that those two are totally related i mean i could see why if he's doing this he won't have time but i mean like we said they just you know tour wise and for that band to make money was just really difficult in, in the today's music climate you know yeah i just you know i i had heard that portnoy was annoyed with it because he wa- he thought it would be bigger than it would be yep. wanted to get on bigger tours and stuff and that's kind of like he didn't want to play bars and that was kind of Sure. You know, the, the impetus there. Um, Johan Alexanderson says, I think this can bring great things for the next record. Yep. Yep. Uh, Dave John, good to see you, man. He says, I missed seeing the original lineup getting into the band at a dramatic turn of events. So this is incredibly exciting. Um, Dave, I, I, w- I will say this. Like, I, I think I was I was, a, um, you know, Chris Aiken. I- interesting. He says, I'd bet anything that this deal was sealed when Portnoy toured with Petrucci. That's an interesting take, Chris, because I think that was, if I remember right, back in February. Um, Kale, yeah, if not Liquid Tension Experiment 3. Um, when I saw uh, the Dream Sonic tour, I, you know, Mangini looked very disengaged. So, I mean, he was not as usual, like, pointing at the crowd, like getting into it smiley self it was really weird it's like going through the motions in a way it seems like so, seemed like something was off with him in particular and so i was kind of wondering and I, I told you about that brian you know and um 
so I wonder if this was like, hey, that they, they knew this a while ago. We're just like, let's get through the tour and then we'll do an announcement afterwards or something. Um, but well, I wonder too, like, I think Portnoy's mellowed over the years. So I, it's, it's hard for me to believe. I mean, he does have, I don't want to say a giant ego, but he's very driven. You know, he's, he's yeah. a very driven, focused person. So I, I'm just curious, did he push it all for this or, or did he, I'm assuming he probably just respected Mangini was in the band and just kind of waited to see, you know, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't, it'll be interesting to know what not that we're ever going to find out the no, real they're, story they're not, but... not going to tell us it's yeah not i mean happen, it's man. it's it's not it's not going to happen but i mean we we can all make our assumptions and whatnot so you know <laughs> med pink is great now let's do martin lopez back to opeth <laughs> well I, I was thinking like aiken can we get you know paul diano back in iron maiden or at the very least blaze bailey Okay. Nice. Adam Mitchell says, like Dave, I missed the original lineup as I also got into the band during the dramatic turn cycle. I saw them twice with Mangini. I must say, I personally didn't see this coming. Uh, yeah, guys, if you if you have not seen Portnoy, I will say this. Like I was one of those people that never really noticed the difference too much, like between the drumming styles. You know, a lot of people when Mangini first joined, like, oh, it's so different. And I was like, come on, it's not that different. Like they're both incredible players. But then I think it took me seeing them, seeing Petrucci and Portnoy live on that solo tour to kind of really understand the difference. Even though I've been seeing Dream Theater since 99, like it's not like I haven't seen the original lineup a ton of times. But I think having something to compare it against, you know, Portnoy obviously is more of a front man and whatnot. You can, I, that's obvious, I think, in terms of stage presence. But in terms of playing, um, I mean, so you guys will love that, by the way, if you've never seen Portnoy play drums live. But in terms of playing, Mike just had Mike Portnoy just has more. He's got like a rock feel to him that Mangini Mangini was more of a precision player. And. I'm telling you what, man, like, but Portnoy just has this slight, slightly more rock feel. It just adds a bit of depth to things. So um, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You know, Kale, why the hell are you bringing up a shit band when we're talking about Dream Theater? <laughs> no, we did get Creed back next year. You hate him. I, yeah, no one cares. Creed sucks ass. Mike Portnoy's back. Stop that trash. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, so oh, here, here come the Blaze Bailey defenders. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I don't mind his voice at all. I just don't like the albums he's on. So I, I, I have another friend that's like swears up and down by, I think those same two albums. And I I think I went back and listened to them. They're they're not bad. But uh, what is it? The X Factor. What's the other one? The second uh, one. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm talking about these solo albums that he's talking about. But uh, yeah. Oh, uh, why, I, I why? 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 <laughs> Mike Portnoy's back in Dream Theater. We're talking about shitty Blaze Bailey solo <laughs> albums and Creed. What the fuck is wrong with so you people? So the second Blaze Bailey album has uh, no. I just oh. uh, <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, I don't. So now the game is going to be: how many of the Mangini albums are they going to basically say there's no way in hell we're playing any songs from these? Well, that's yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm going gonna, gonna to go on a limb right now. We're not going to get anything from Dramatic Turn of Events. That's the first Mangini album. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say it right now. I bet we don't get anything from that ever again. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the only ones they touch are, are uh, distance over time and a view from the top of the world. Yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. Look at that. Chris Aiken. By the way, John, I'm emailing Portnoy right now. We'll see. <laughs> Boy, would that be the interview to get. 
Holy crap. Oh, is he going to deep dive on Blaze Bailey, too? Or are we are <laughs> just talking about the band? Nice. Victor Asaya, good to see you, man. He says, I almost passed out when I read it. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, th- this is crazy, man. I, I, I personally, I'm glad that they're doing a record first. Number one, from a financial standpoint, like I got to save money. Like I, I'm, I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to do whatever I can to be at that first show, like his first show. Oh back. God, I, you're, yeah. are you kidding? There's no way you're missing that, dude. Well, if I don't have the money to fly somewhere, <laughs> I am. That'd be great if it's like in Seattle or Sacramento or something. I know, I know. <laughs> Look at, right. <laughs> Man, there we go. Liquid Shadows. Says, Holy shit balls, it finally happened. <laughs> Kevin Orta. I'm literally shaking. I thought the Dream Theater email I got was a scam. <laughs> I wonder how many I wonder how many people I wonder how many people thought that, Kevin. That's that's interesting. You know. Um yeah, the, I, I I'm I'm glad they're doing a record first because I need to save up some money. My my wife is gonna throw an absolute fit. She already every time they tour and I go, she already says, "Haven't you seen these guys a million times? Why you gotta go see the same show?" Now not only am I gonna go see it, but I'm gonna buy a plane ticket and a hotel room and all this other shit. Oh, I'm calling it now. You're minimum three shows on whatever the next tour is. Well, I mean, it'll yeah. probably be five, but I'm guessing at least three. Well, I I can't I can't, I won't do that many, but I will. Oh, dude, I just, you're doing three. I guarantee it. Well, I'll I mean, put if money it's, on that right now. If it's close enough, I mean, shit, dude. I mean, how many of us won't? I mean, come on. It's why, why, why wouldn't you? I, I, I personally, I, what do you bump my mic there? What do you think? I, I think the first show back is going to be New York City. I would not be surprised if if they started off where they, you know, where it all started. Maybe not necessarily New York, but they'll get there real quick. It'll be East Coast. Okay. But uh, yeah, probably in the first two weeks or whatever. <laughs> Look at Aiken. Since John is automatically going, I hope it debuts in Brazil or at Vakken. <laughs> <laughs> or over there in oh, Austria and he and Kale can hang out. Yeah. All right. So CT photography. You'll find on dramatic turns what Mike Portnoy was last contribution for Dream Theater, last great Dream Theater album, by the way. Uh, Portnoy didn't have anything to do with dramatic turn, actually. <laughs> yeah. CT, no. that was that was that was the first Mangini record, and that was that record was all uh, Petrucci and Rudis. So, um, last great Dream Theater album, by the way. I would I would I would argue that the last uh, great Dream Theater record was the Astonishing. Go ahead and fight me on that, but um, uh, yeah, Johan Alexanderson, I'm completely on board with you on this one. He he says if the variable set lists are back, then it's definitely worth seeing multiple shows well it looks like i got to get in touch with wayne joiner and see what he knew or what he's working on <laughs> so, um wow man so what I, well here's an interesting question this will be like a good one for the chat here um what do you think the first song of the first show back will be i, I my, my guess is metropolis oh wow <laughs> Mm. God, I don't know. Maybe, maybe something off of Black Clouds. Black Clouds. That's his last album, right? Yeah. So why not? What What the hell? Like, like open with a nightmare to remember? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that that'd be good. That'd be good. I don't know. Something like Shattered Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, he's crazy enough to do something like that. You know, I wouldn't put it past him. Sean jo- Sean Jovi says glass prison i'd i'd be all for that 
No, uh, you know, honestly, that's probably, but yeah. I, okay, I'll say something off of six degrees. Let's, I'll call it right now. I think uh, he's on to something there. Whether or not it's glass prison, I don't know, but I'll say six degrees something. Okay. Chris Aiken, are you really deep diving a set list a year away, 15 minutes into Portno's return? <laughs> yes, we have a whole podcast dedicated to the band. What the hell do you think we're going to do? Oh, what, like a two-minute podcast, you dumbass? Oh, Portnoy's <laughs> back. Okay, guys, see you later. <laughs> yeah, we already killed five minutes talking about Blaze Bailey. So <laughs> exactly. We got to fill up the rest with Dream Theater talk. <laughs> Bob Heard, first song back, change your seasons. Hell yeah, Portnoy's back. Oh my God, this is crazy. This is crazy, man. I. Oh so, man. So I was talking to someone about this, and uh, what's always funny about these situations. So we we figured out it's what 13, 14 years basically since he joined and the announcement. 2010 right so we yeah. said mm-hmm. so these kind of things are always funny because the first year or two it's like oh god there's no way no there's no way you know important i'll never come back you know you hear that for like two three four five years yeah and then you don't hear like really anything about it it all kind of calms down you know and then you get to this point and you're like yeah it was it was it was probably always going to happen i mean it, it's just to, to sit there and think that it wasn't is i don't know pretty naive i guess well, I, I don't know. It's it, it's hard to talk about because I mean it's I, I guess certain things like I said you could you could see <clears throat> that it was a potential like you know the writing was on the wall I guess in certain ways, um, you know I didn't see official numbers but people were reporting that concert attendance was down and stuff like that like I mean that that's that's going to be the question is this you know is this a is this a friendship move. Or is this a let's keep, you know, let, let's revive the career move? I mean, is it, I mean, it's, or I mean, it could, it could, obviously it's both in some respects, but you got, you got to wonder, like, was everything still going fine? And there's like, you know what, man, miss Mike Portnoy. And, and it doesn't really, the, the business wasn't affected. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if anything like that ever comes out. Like, I think it was kind of like that press release. I forgot how it was worded, but I think it's something like complete the legacy. You know, it's it's sort of along those lines. You know, it's jumps jumpstart the last part of their career, complete the legacy. I mean, you know, none of these guys are getting any younger, so they probably yeah. figure the last five to ten years that this is, entity is going to exist or whatever. Let's bring back, you know, the yeah. guy who kind of was, you know, instrumental in the whole career, right? <laughs> David Condren, a change of drummers constitutes a change of seasons. <laughs> nice. Oh, God, here come all the puns. I know. Uh, Bovan Bibber, do you guys think he will have the same equal partnership, or will he end up like Lombardo or Ellison? I, I, it's to me, dude. I don't know where you stand, Brian, but I think it would have to be a full partner. Um, I, I just don't see a guy like Portnoy coming in as a hired hired gun. Um, man, I. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming Mangini was never technically part of the actual band and the royalties and all this. And that. I don't know how any of that stuff works, but I'm assuming no. if, if he was, it was the smallest share humanly possible. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't see a guy like Portnoy who started the whole damn thing coming in and being like, yeah, I'll take like this little PP cut. Like, I just don't I, I don't know. I don't see how that happens. I mean, he's, he's got got to be a full partner, you would you would assume. I mean, because he, I mean, he's going to, I mean, if, if for no other reason, then he's going to assume, you know, writing responsibilities again and, you sure. know, all the, all the fan stuff and, you know, this, that, and the other um, set list. I mean, everything that he does for the band, I mean, you have to assume it's, you know, 
he's not coming back and 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 john and jordan are like okay mike well now he, we run things now so you just sit there we'll tell you what's going on <laughs> like that's no. that is not you know that is not oof i don't know man uh Percy Roble says we'll finally have the best of times live. Um, could be. I I I can't say I'm overly excited for that song, but I mean it'd be interesting because we've never seen it. Yeah, let's leave sticks out of this. Anyway. <laughs> uh Aiken says it's a money move. You've told me tons of times they're playing smaller and smaller crowds. Yeah, it has it has gotten a little bit less as time has, has moved on. Um yeah, I mean, I I could see it being both. I just I just wonder that even with you know the venues getting a little bit smaller, um, was I would have to assume the band is still financially viable. I mean, they built their own HQ for Christ's sakes, so that's got to take some amount of money, um, that they had somewhere. So that that, you know, uh, boy, good luck pronouncing this name. If I if I butcher your name, dude, I'm sorry. Uh, Josox Atlantes says it will be a pleasure to hear war inside my head with portnoy's voice yeah yep hell yeah i'll take that um awake to lfg t aaron <laughs> nice um david condren this is a good one i just hope the relationship between labrie and portnoy remains good i feel that labrie became a better frontman with mangini behind the kit just my thought yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, David. Um, I thought the same thing. Um, it, it'll be interesting because I think if James is still doing his crazy frontman thing, I wonder if it, you know, will notice it as much because Portnoy is such a frontman in and of, you know, it, you know himself. He's such a he's such a great frontman. So, um, that that'll be really interesting. So, um, I don't know, man. What what are like what are what are your thoughts on this? Like what what do you think this means for the future of the band? I've I've got a couple thoughts on this. Well, actually, I'm going to read this press release from My Young. Okay. Okay, that was it. Uh, <laughs> no, he's actually in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was yeah. it. There's actually nothing on there. <laughs> just, no they just wrote it, wrote it for him. Um. Yeah. I, what was your question again? What do you what about, do you think about Labrie? Well, no. What what do you think this like is? What do you think this means for the future of the band? What what kind of direction do you think this takes? And you know, like, where do you think they go from here? I have an interesting. Um, this isn't an episode, but we could like do this over the next however long it takes for the album to come out. I want to try to come up with the album title. <laughs> Good luck with that. No, seriously, like each episode we like throw out five and don't try to be stupid. Like just try to come up with like five. You know what I mean? I think it'd be, be kind of fun just to just to see if we could come up with something close to what it would be. I have no idea right now, but I bet if we sat down and thought about it. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, this is, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't think they sat down and they just look at their accountants and go, oh, my God, we got to get Portnoy back because they don't really operate that way. They're too, you know, concerned with the actual artistic um expression all this and that but i mean i think they just they just thought you know what okay we've done this thing with mangini it's been great you know and maybe it's just time for a change you know i mean things you just got to shake things up you know now and then and and stuff it you know <laughs> okay go ahead aiken said the album title is going to be a disengaging twist of sticksmanship <laughs> I mean, the fact that we we all know Portnoy was writing the set list and he was handing Mancini drumsticks that said Mike Portnoy on them, so we probably shut up. Thought this was coming. <laughs> oh my god! 
Yeah, I, it's dude. It's it's um. Logan Brannigan, good to see you. Thanks for tuning in, man. He says, huge news for everyone. I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing his writing and drumming in the band. Rich Wilson. Oh, it's our buddy Rich. What's up, man? Good to see you, dude. Um, we should have had Rich on, man. In fact, Rich, if you if you want, I could I should shoot you an email real fast if you want to jump on. Um, yeah, uh, Rich says 100 percent the right decision on every level, musical and financial. Uh yeah, that's that 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 see, that's that's what I'm thinking too, Rich. It's just, I mean, I love the, I love the Mangini stuff. Don't get me wrong, I've I've enjoyed it. I mean, you know, a couple of them are my favorite records, but I, I I think that the output, like the quality, never really dipped. You know, um, like you see in some of these other bands where you lose a member. Like, let's face it. I mean, you mentioned Iron Maiden earlier. The the two Blaze Bailey records weren't great. Let, let me, you know, but um, yeah, for me, dude, I, I'm I wonder what they're gonna do in terms of the writing, because. You know, James Labrie did that interview recently where he's like, yeah, I can't do a lot of the older stuff anymore. You know, so he's, you know, accommodating his, you know, older voice for that stuff. So, I mean, and we already heard it on A View from the Top of the World where he's, you know, kind of singing in that easier register for himself so he can nail the stuff live. And now that he's got Portnoy back to do a lot of stuff, I mean, are we going to get Portnoy actually singing more? Are we going to get, you know for lack of a better term, like a bunch of the cookie monster vocals that, that a segment of the fan base complained about, like, um, it's, that's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I like um, this one here. T Aharon, a plot twist set in seven, eight. I'm actually writing. I'm keeping track of all these. <laughs> we should put them on the, on the, uh, on the page. So I think it'll be fun to keep track of these and see what we come up with. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. Um, all right. So I'm doing this right now. This is live. So bear with me here. Um, all right. So Rich Wilson, if you would like to jump on, uh, I just emailed you the link to the show. So if you'd like to jump on camera with us and give us your thoughts, Rich, uh, feel free to click the link and it'll throw you into the, into the green room. So, um, yeah, you're more than welcome to jump on. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So, yeah, this is definitely crazy, man. I, I I really wonder like what this is going to do to the writing. Um, you know, a lot of people are mentioning in the comments about the return of live uh harmony vocals. So that that's gonna be interesting to hear that. Um again, I I, I just think I just think Portnoy brings an extra <clears throat> something to the the writing aspect of things. Um, you know, how do they, how do they choose set lists now? You know, as, as, as everybody said, are they going to do the, you know, stick to one set list thing like they've been doing, or are they going to go back to rotating? Uh, God, it would be amazing to be a fly on the wall for these discussions that they must've had to, you know, cause it's not just like, ah, you know what, let's, you know, here we go. Let's do this. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I can't, I can't address this cause we got a lot of people asking this, um, Jeff uh, Pizoka, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correct. Uh, he says, "I just hope they didn't boot Mangini out of the band." Um, I, I have to say, <clears throat> sorry, it's early in the morning here. Um, I, I have, to, I have to assume that this was a hey, hey, Mike, we really appreciate your contributions, Mike Mangini, but we, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna bring Portnoy back. I, I, I have a very hard time thinking that mangini would step down 
Because it seems to me like wouldn't wouldn't he announce that? Like wouldn't he say, "Hey, I'm stepping down from Dream Theater"? Wouldn't they let him make that announcement on his own and say, "Hey, I'm leaving"? And then they go, "Okay, well, yes, you know, yeah." I, I mean, mean they, this this you know it it is it is sort of being it it is sort of being booted out of the band, but it's not for any other reason other than look, we've got one of the most influential metal drummers in history, and you know, progressive rock drummers in history, and he's formed the band, and this is we're just going to go back to this, so. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of being booted, but it's not like, hey, we're kicking you out of the curb because you suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a Alex Neal nails it. I mean, you know, the opening statement, I understand Dream Theater's decision to get Mike Portnoy back at this time, which sounds quite formal and sad to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was Mangini's dream gig, you know, other than, you know, if he could have probably if if you know rush ever decided to reform or something which we know isn't going to happen but uh, yeah oh here here we go we've got rich wilson all right sorry sorry to throw it to you at such short notice there man but i saw it was like <laughs> sure no problem um all right so rich rich is getting ready here but um yeah so chris aiken he says uh they booted him. Pull the curtain back, John. He did not mention Dream Theater one time during an hour-long interview. Not the name or one guy's name. He's bitter. Um, all right. Yeah, that's that's very true. Very true, Chris. Um, well, yeah, I'm sure he's not happy about it, but yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't like we got to kick him out and then figure. And then, then we'll try to figure out who we can get back <laughs> yeah. oh, or who we can get to drum. You know. Yeah. Hey, quick, call Peter Wildewer. <laughs> right. Uh all right we got you there rich yeah can you hear me i can hear you so man what, what did you have any inkling that this was coming at all or i didn't know it was coming but it doesn't surprise me i think it's you just feel it's been coming for a while and it's completely the right decision really uh um, wow. so yeah i mean it's gonna split <laughs> split the fan base again but i think it's great yeah it's, i it was funny because just this morning I was looking at some stuff because I, I was thinking about this before I logged on to work and I saw some message boards taking polls of like, what would you say if, you know, and it was literally from October 15th. It was like eight days ago or whatever, or 10 days ago, whatever it was. And I, I thought it would be overwhelmingly, oh, my God, this is great. And there were some people that really didn't want anything to do with this. They were like, oh, I would hate it. You know, it's I don't want them firing Mangini to get Portnoy back. It's like, wow, OK, I, I thought this would be like universally accepted. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, there's always been a, you go on the forums and things. There's always a, you know, Mangini versus Portnoy debate, isn't that? Which never tends to go away. But I think he just brings more, he just brings more to it than Mangini. Great drummer, but Dream Dream Theatre without Portnoy for me is like a Who without Keith Moon. He's like important, <laughs> um, you know, in terms of arranging abilities what he brings to them live personality just i think it's i i don't know it's 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 warranted i think musically it'll it'll everything will hopefully sharpen up again and we'll see where it goes um but it's interesting what you're saying about james there as to how things will fit in with him but that's that's the only query i've got really but, yeah i mean it's with, with james saying that he's not able to do some of the older stuff like he used to yeah that's that's going to be an interesting thing. I mean, I, writing wise, I mean, they already started writing around that with the with the latest record. But I wonder how much more vocal involvement you know Portnoy is going to have. I mean, what do you guys think? I, I, it's it'll, that's that's going to be interesting to me. Yeah, I think. Uh, so. I mean, I think. Yeah, he's he's his backing vocals are very distinctive in the in, in the same way that 
Chris Squire's vocals were distinctive to yes. So mm-hmm. that'll bring a lot to, to the to the party. I think it's just um, obviously James has been getting a bit of a criticism for some of his live performances, and you know the the, the Dream Theater they're never going to get rid of James Labrie. That's just not going to happen. And I think potentially. You see on forums people saying that they stopped going to see Dream Theatre because of some of the vocals live. And I think obviously they must have had an unlucky show because some some nights he's been killing it and obviously some nights not quite so hot. But if they're not going to get rid of James Labrie, then what do you do to sort of change things up and then bring in Mike back is the obvious, the obvious choice for me. Yeah, I, this is... I mean, like you like you said, Rich, I mean, people have been clamoring for this for a while. There's a large segment, a very vocal segment of the fan base that have been, hey, you know, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Like, but I, I have to admit, like, I didn't think that this is something that would ever happen. I, I didn't think I would ever see it. I mean, it's you wonder, but I, I just they're just the kind of guys that are like they're dedicated and, and they don't, you know, it's. Wow. <laughs> this is... well, I think the only thing you, you do think is obviously what, before he left, he was kind of, he was in charge of a lot of things. So that, you know, set lists and pulling out, let's cover and I made now been full, you know, and these sort of things. And obviously very vocal in the studio in terms of arrangements. And then you kind of wonder, is he coming back more of a, a drummer or will he be able to get involved in that, those aspects again? So it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out because um, obviously things changed a lot when he left in terms of other members of the band taking on different different things. And uh, yeah, so whether I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how it uh, how it pans out really on that in terms of you know arrangements and controlling things, I suppose. Yeah. Well not, well, not only that, but like just the technology and the consumption of music, you know, with social media and, and albums yeah. and all that. It's really since it's been 13 years it's just nowhere near what it was even back then i think album sales were still you know <laughs> probably at least fairly decent nowhere near what they are now in terms of all artists but so the billion dollar question rich have you already started working on the new oh. abridged version <laughs> you've got your notepad there just admit it <laughs> right no, third right. edition i think it's the last one was probably 2010 so there's a lot of yeah, there's 13 years of stuff to catch up on. So yeah, that's that's who knows. Maybe at some point, but that's yeah, that's on, that's a big job. So uh, not yet. But nice. Yeah, it's, I, it just popped up on, like I said, on the Facebook feed. I had no clue it was happening, but it's so it's kind of shocking a little bit. But yeah, yeah, not it's more unexpected, I suppose, in terms of timing than it actually happening at some point. So yeah. Well, well, I mean. I don't know if you were on it at the time we discussed it, but right right off the top, I you know, I, I was talking about the fact that, you know, when I interviewed Mike Mangini last week, you know, the publicist was busy saying <clears throat> absolutely no dream theater questions. And okay. yeah, and we were like, okay. And I was told, you know, by my buddy Aiken who set it up, I was like, is that normal? He says, Yeah, you know, they'll they'll tell you that if it's like, you know, they're working on a solo thing. But and I thought, okay, that's still okay. And then, you know but the guy in subsequent emails was really adamant about it. Like absolutely no dream theater questions. And that, that at that point, you know, it was like, man, that's, that sounds kind of weird. Like why wouldn't you want to, you know, cater to that fan base for your solo record? And so, you know, and, and other things like, you know, I mean, it, and I, I guess if we look at, at things that have happened, 
throughout the last like 10 months or however long it's been and even recent things like it, it i guess it kind of adds up because you know with with you know the the john petrucci solo album and tour um you know bumblefoot saying sons of apollo is never happening again basically and then you know the thing that i got with this email and all these different things like it's and and i it's it's man i i guess we yeah. should have seen it coming in a way maybe i i guess but you know what's what's comical to me is we've had all of these people from dream theater on here and not one of them other than jordan rudez has talked about dream theater yeah that's so true we, so we had james on to talk completely about his solo which was fine that was great we did a track by track and mangini who talked about his two singles we had derek sheridian on and that was a hard no as far as we weren't allowed to talk about dream yep. theater either so maybe if if somehow Aiken could hook us up with Portnoy, we could talk about Dream Theater, even though he hasn't been in the band in thirteen years. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he put. I'm sure he, the sort of thing he'd do. Um, but he, he he had taken a step back from doing a lot of interviews over the last few years, just because you know the blabbermouth of this world would just take three words out of context and turn it into clickbaits, and it gets a bit a bit tiring. That so uh, yeah, yeah, but. Um, it's a shame for Mike Mangini, of course, as well. He's um fantastic drummer, really nice guy as well. But, you know, he probably, the back of his mind, he was probably always felt that this might happen. Um So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think for me it reached a certain point where it got, you know, once it's passed like a decade and all this, you're kind of thinking, okay. Like I, I thought it might have been like you know like like the Bla- you know God, this, apparently this is the compare everything to Blaze Bailey episode, but. um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like Blaze Bailey, they did two records and it was like, eh, no, let's get the other guy back. Same thing with Judas Priest and Ripper Owens are like, eh, let's... yeah, it reminds me of the priest thing more, I think, because I mean, not that Dickinson's just as iconic, but, you know, it, it was like, like sort of the the guy whose dream was to ever take, you know, to be in priest, you know, and Mangini's dream was probably to be in either Rush or something like Dream Theater, you know, based on his, you know, Tate. And it's like, like you said, it's just at some point you got to realize you know this i'm just kind of keeping the seat warm you know no pun yeah. intended since he's yeah. a drummer but and it's it's kind of been edging towards this you know if you kind of look at the relationships mike and john and jordan obviously they've kind of got together with well you know the, the liquid tension and then john's solo album it seems that john my young has always stayed fairly close to mike um mm. And then the only one that was outstanding was was James, because obviously their falling out uh, was probably deeper than anyone else's. But that got put to bed a few months ago. So in terms of laying the ground for it, then that was all done, you know, months ago to at least then make it feasible. So it's quite what the decision process was as to why they decided to get Mike back in. I don't know, but it's, you know, all, all the signs were there, I suppose, that at least it could happen. Yeah. So interesting is interesting fan perspective. I'd like to get your guys thoughts on this here. Um, Doug McCauley says it took me a long time to get my head around Portnoy quitting. Now, all these years later, they kick out the new guy to bring back the guy who turned his back on the band and the fans betrayal times two. So I, I, I wonder, I mean, so Doug, are you saying that you're not supporting the move? Is it, is this going to be like something like you're pissed off about? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really wonder what the what the fan response is going to be i mean we talked about it for a brief second when you jumped on rich but that's going to be real interesting because there are some man i i you know you don't hear a lot of them but they're, they're out there the mangini loyalists and fans that are pissed off at portnoy for leaving back in 2010 yeah 
you, you can get that. And that's that's understandable. Um, I think they'll they'll bring back more fans than they'll lose. So I don't, you know, if you look at the type of venues at the plate now, when Mike left, they were just on the verge of playing arenas, really uh, indoor arenas. So uh, I don't. In terms of venue sizes now, they've kind of dropped down a couple of you know maybe a run to sort of theatres. Um, but I think the next tour they'll be back up there. I think you know they'll need larger venues because people will, will come out to see Mike back with the band. Um, so yeah, it's. I can understand, you know, there were a lot of people hacked off with Mike when he did leave, and you know, which is which is fair enough. But um, yeah, I think him Portnoy coming back into the band will make a, a big difference to the music and how many people go and see him live. Because and I said before, there were people on Facebook saying that you know they've seen the band, they're not going to bother again, and they needed to do something to address that. Yeah, because uh, it is a business at the end of the day, as well as a you know. A, a, a band of musicians it's there's the business element to it which you've probably always got to you know bear in mind i'm not saying it's a cynical move at all but uh i think you make better music potentially mike's back in the band there's an excitement around the band and people will probably buy the album to see what's you know what's what it's all about and, and more people will go and see them live yeah i yeah i don't i don't know about the whole turning his back on the fans and the band and all that that's a little because <laughs> that sort of yeah. that sort of implies that he d- disrespected his entire catalog and his career and all that and that that's i think that's a little i, I think he got they, he got to a place where you know he wanted some time off wanted to do these other projects and they didn't want to do it and it was probably just so many years of these egos colliding and they just needed a break you know and same thing with dream theater they've kind of worn out this cycle of, of whatever and you know, time to reinvigorate, and why not do it with the guy that helped create this 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 brand and this band? You know, I think the other thing to remember is when Mike Portner was with the band, there were a lot of special things that he did for the fans, and that's what made the band special. And you know, understandably, that that stopped after he left. So things like fan club CDs, and you know, obviously all the the making of albums which have started re-releasing again um and just yeah you know the old playing of a you know covering an album in its entirety that was definitely a mike portnoy thing so how much of that will come back i don't know but at least there's potential you know um for a bit more um looking after the fans a bit more maybe uh, probably the, the wrong way to put it but you know what i mean it's, it's something yeah definitely make them a bit more special again well, I've I even noticed in like the merchandise they were offering. I mean, it sounds like a stupid thing, but you know, since he's been out of the band, like their merch store has been pretty bereft of a lot of different things. It's pretty much like, hey, here's here's the new tour shirt, and here's some like coffee mugs and stuff. That's you know, whereas previously there was a pretty wide selection of things, and and that really hasn't been the case. So, mm. you know, um, I mean, hey, Aiken Aiken asks a good question here. Does Portnoy seeing quote unquote the other guy? get a Grammy that he never got caused him to have more, uh, more want to come back because they were more industry respected without him. It's an in- interesting question. I mean, they were nominated, but never won it. So that's, you know, well, given you see what actually wins and is nominated for the Grammys <laughs> half the time. I can't, <laughs> I can't think that he puts a ton of stock into that, but I don't know, man. If, if you, if, I mean, seriously, if, if you could still call yourself a Grammy winner, that's that, 
That's still kind of cool. Well, well, no, it is cool, but you also see the stuff that's in there some, and wins, and you're like, okay, really? You know what I mean? I don't know. I just no. I mean, you're not wrong, but it, it's still, you know, it's it's it, it's it's a feather in the cap of some kind. Um, now, the the other question a lot of people are asking right now in the chat is how much how much of the Mangini material do you think they're going to pull out with Portno, or, or is this going to be, you know, a Kale McLeish way up in the comments? You mentioned John Frusciani with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, where he was like, when he came back, he's like, I'm not playing the stuff I wasn't on. You know, or, you know, somebody mentioned Sammy Hagar with David Lee Roth, like he wouldn't do a lot of the Roth stuff. Like, do you think Portnoy's going to do that? Or is he so fan-oriented that he's like, look, those records, yeah, we can pull from those. Uh, I think he's probably been wants to come back to this the band for at least five years and i think he'll you know he's, he's more than happy to do anything to, to get behind that drum you know get behind that kid again that'd be my take on it yeah that's that's so, what i would think and yeah. I, I i just think he's so i mean you, you talked about it rich like he's so into the whole fan experience of things that to come out there hey i'm back but i'm ignoring five records that a lot of you guys may have liked i just don't see that man no i don't I th- oh, here, here we go this is what i was waiting for wayne good to see you man uh dream theater's graphic artist wayne joiner says the last two records were masterpieces in my opinion yeah i'm not down with it okay i wondered where you stood wayne because i know we've talked a lot about uh distance over time and view from the top of the world i know you're a huge fan of those so um th- if they were going to pull from records i think those would be the ones they would do because i think they're the strongest of them um so and we'll have to talk offline, Wayne. That's very interesting. But yeah, I I really wonder what they're going to do with the Mangini side of things. You I, know what? I, one one thing I'm noticing: we need to do more podcasts at 10 a.m. on a on a Wednesday. <laughs> and we need we we need to just make up stuff. Yeah. Like Rich, if you can come yeah. up with any like fake headlines, yeah, we can do every other Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, Derek's coming back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the next one. They're going with two keyboard players. Derek Derek Sherinian returns. I mean, this this is like off the charts for live interaction for our podcast. Wow, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, this is this is definitely something huge, man. I um, man, I I, I want I wonder how what, what the timeline is. Like, have they already been working on music, or were they waiting to get this out? Like, what I mean, what you're a little closer to this stuff than we are, Rich. I mean, you've actually worked as a writer you you get more stories than we do so i mean do you think that's a possibility that they've already been in the studio with him possibly but i think there's, there's a danger with that in that if anyone sees them then it's going to get someone's going to take a photo with the phone and break the story before they have control over it so probably not but right obviously they've got their own um you know place uh, rehearsal studio so and that's on long island so not far from where mike lives so yeah possible but you would they always run the risk then of not controlling the story if 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 things leak out so yeah you, you would think probably not true i i hope they like video this whole process that would be awesome man you know like yeah. they did for some of the the last mangini albums like i would love to just see inside the studio as in-depth as we can get yeah. you know is it doesn't that seem like a portnoy thing to do I mean, oh. doesn't this just set up for the ultimate Mike Portnoy? Hey, fans, I'm back. Massive production, like oh, the yeah. whole documentary, like the professionally fans would filmed. Absolutely and... eat it up. I mean, it would be huge. Yeah, we, if you can't get hold of him, we should just book a cameo with him or something and see. <laughs> book like a hundred cameos. All right, yeah. all right, Mike. I got another question. God damn it! Stop paying for me. <laughs> <laughs> just do that with him. Yeah, I. This, this is definitely going to be. 
like I said, I I I, th- I could see that, Brian. I think I think that's I think that's a good bet. Like, because this is just something that Mike does, and this sets sets up beautifully for him to just do some huge overblown, you know, look, I'm back. Here's the new record. Here's all the planning for the tour and what goes into, you know, I mean, cause they've, they've done similar things before, but you know, uh, well, there you go. Chris Aiken with another one. He says, not that it means anything, but I've been dealing with Portnoy lately and he's been quote unquote too busy for things the last couple of weeks since he played at the Seattle Seahawks game rehearsing. Yeah, that's Yeah. Yeah, or writing, yeah. Yep. I think there's also, you get a huge amount of business stuff that needs to get sorted out. Um, yeah. Well, so he's probably been dragged into a lot of that. But um, <laughs> I think he's away at the moment, isn't he? Well, that's true, because he put something on Facebook about his uh, his dog not being so good. And I think he was, yeah. he was away for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. And if he was if they, if he was rehearsing somewhere or at the studio, I mean, it's in New York, like you said, Rich. They don't live too far away. It's not like he can't run back home. Actually, think about it. Mike isn't in Long Island, is he? It's John that's in Long Island. Mike's over. Um, um, is he like Eastern like, Pennsylvania or something? Yeah, Pennsylvania. I, I, I just couldn't think of the the states. I know the town is in, but I don't want to sort of drop that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he's he's in Pennsylvania, isn't he? So if he's away from home for two weeks, then I suppose that he might be in the city or, or Long Island. So yeah, interesting. If he's in PAs and if he's within driving distance of me, I should just jump on 90 and see if I start <laughs> randomly driving around. Oh, yeah. my, my uncle lives in eastern Pennsylvania. I'll just I'll just have him keep an eye out for my Portnoy. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, Uncle Tom, keep an eye out for this guy. Here's what he looks like. Not that we're stalking him or anything. Um, yeah, this is – well, yeah, here, here's here, – back to the writing thing. Uh, MKK Lalista, he says, he needs to stop a bit, Rudis. No more Atari attack please we need that 90s feeling again atari attack i'm assuming like all like the the, Mm. the, you know the dual solos and stuff like that i i don't know i i i never had a problem with with the stuff that was written after you know after mike i just i just think it was a little more on a precision type of a level i mean i mean i know like i don't know I don't well, there's, know. there's plenty of that stuff on the Portnoy albums too. Don't kid yourself. Well, no, I know, but it, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah. you know, like I said earlier about the difference between the two drummers. It's like Portnoy just has a little bit more of a rock feel to him, and there's a little bit more of, you know, a little bit of space to breathe. I think there's not. It's not so robotic and and, and whatnot. Yeah. Like, and I hate saying robotic because it kind of sounds like I'm insulting Mangini, which I'm definitely not. But, um, so w- w- out of this, Rich, I mean, what would you want to see? from a reunited dream theater like what 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 would your hopes be for a new record metropolis part three that'd be good wouldn't it <laughs> uh, no i don't know i just think something that yeah has the the class of something like scenes from a memory or i mean octavarium is probably a an arguable one because it's probably you know 80 percent of stuff on that is great um but yeah i think just you just want a classic dream theater album that's just got yeah just less mechanical i suppose again that's the wrong word but um yeah yeah i mean the last two albums have been good but it you stand them up against something like scenes from memory and it's just not you know which one are you going to listen to more realistically so i think i think it'll be interesting yeah i i i wonder about the level of aggression in some of the stuff because i i feel like you know with the energy that they're going to have 
like, are, are they going to be able to dial that back enough at times? Or is there going to be really kind of like an ebullient sound to it? I, I, that might not be the right word, but, you know, very even in the mellower moments, is it going to be kind of more in your face because of the energy created by this? And, and you know, the kind of, you know, oh, we're finally doing this again type of thing. You know, because I, I could tell you that I don't know. I don't know if the I don't remember if the John Petrucci solo tour came over your way, Rich, but we saw it over here and they were on fire. I mean, it was the energy coming off of that stage was holy crap. It was yeah. it was wow. So it'll be interesting to see if they can dial that sort of stuff back and really kind of, you know, I'm going to say a, a cross between awake and scenes from a memory. That's yeah. what we're going to get. I could see that. That yeah, cuz I think those are two that are just always 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 brought up. Um there's all this love for Awake even though personally I'm not the biggest fan, but uh I know that Portnoy loves that album too, I believe. Well, and and you know, an- another question that was posed up in the chat, but interesting to get your guys thoughts like they you know, Kale and Chris Aiken were discussing you know, the fact that maybe this is going to be like just do one huge album, a two year tour and out, break up, sell the catalog, enjoy the fruits of a successful career, whatever. I, I, ju- I just don't see that happening. I mean, do you guys see that as, as something that's that's a possibility? I, I don't. I, I can't I can't imagine them coming back just for one. Well, you know. a, lot, a lot of this depends on the Brie, you know, and how yeah, they structure these these things. You know, I don't I don't think they. I don't think they have a 10-year plan or anything, but I also don't think it's like, oh, let's make one album tour and be done. You know, that's not their plan either. It's it's the worst thing being a singer in a band because, you know, you can't control how quickly your voice deteriorates. Um, and that's, you know, it's not like playing guitar or playing bass. It's You've got no real control over it. So they need to look after him because, you know, he is the voice of Dream Theater. And... Yeah. Whether that's a case of dropping keys in the writing or whatever, it's yeah. They're obviously sticking with James, which is good for you know, good for them. Um, he has been around for a long time now, um, but yeah, they need to look after him. So it's it's how they do that. Maybe even live if they sort of change things around for him, because um, I think that's where it's noticeable that you know, obviously he can't hit the hit the the high notes anymore, which you know, most singers of of that sort of age can't um so it's it's i suppose it's what they pick to play live and maybe if they drop it you know um so that you can you can hit the hit the notes i don't know but they need to look after it and that's yeah you know that's the key to it really i i, I wonder if tracks are going to be continued because that's another thing people were talking about is you know that oh the live harmonies will be back and stuff but you know with james not hitting those high notes i wonder if they're going to stick with tracks and spots to kind of sweeten it with some you know, high melody, like way in the background, kind of have like the, you know, if James is only able to do a certain level, like maybe sweeten it with that high part he used to do in the background. I wonder cool. if maybe that is a way to cover that a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, a lot, of, a lot of people are against it, but if you want to go and see Dream Theater and expect them to sound like you, ex- you know, like you want them to sound, then that's probably the only way you're going to do it. Yeah. How would you feel about that, guys? Like, I mean, because obviously we know that, you know, they had some piped in vocals on the last couple tours. They they were accused of that. Like, I 
for me, I wouldn't really care. I think because the level of musicianship is so high that it's not like when people are saying, oh, you know, Paul Stanley is, you know, using tracks and Kiss. It's like, well, it's Kiss, dude. Like they're playing power chords, you know, singing songs about fucking like it's yeah. with Dream Theater. You're getting so much else. I, I don't think it bothers me too much because we know that the level of musicality is there and it's just, you know, protecting James and, you know, the, you know, to your point, Rich, like, you know, lo- projecting protecting his longevity so how would you feel if they did kind of sweeten things up with a little bit of tracks just to f- fill out the sound and protect james well i think so long as he's not lip-syncing no one really cares because I'm, I'm sure they've been doing it on the last tour with you know some harmony vocals in in the, in the mix um yeah a lot of bands do that so um yeah i can't say there's a problem with that really uh, but there'll be a lot of people who disagree with that it's not like it, you know <laughs> It's not Roger Waters, is it? It's not that level of careful what I say. I shouldn't I really? Well, <laughs> is, is Roger Waters nearby? Yeah. No. Nice. not. But you know, there are bands that um, certainly not Roger Waters, but other bands who may lip sync to a, a degree um, on the live stuff. So yeah. Um, there's a difference between completely miming your lead vocal and just having a little bit of harmony vocals behind, but with Mike back, would they need that? You know? So, yeah, I, I don't think Portnoy would be down with, with too much of that. Personally, I don't care, but I, I, I don't know, just knowing his personality and the way he kind of is about live performance. I, I think yeah. they're probably going to do everything to possibly avoid doing yeah. a, a lot of, um, piped in vocals. That's just my yeah they'll probably if they can if, if they can do it without i'm sure they will um but um if they need it then you know that that will probably mean just playing to a, a click trackers and uh yeah uh, hopefully they'll avoid it but um yeah um be interesting to see what's happening on twitter really about all this but yeah I, my phone's blowing up so mine is as well uh, <laughs> yeah that, i i must i must have grabbed this right right as it happened so <laughs> yeah man so, this yeah. is i i have to admit like you know overall like i'm i'm excited about this it's like i i i do i do feel bad for mangini you don't want to see somebody lose their job um mm-hmm. but you know again like you know you know brian you said it like this, this kind of will rejuvenate the band and bring a new energy to it and stuff like that and um you know and and like mike meant like mike portnoy mentioned in his portion of the press release he said you know it'd be cool to get a you know a new generation of fans to see this lineup uh there were there were already um there were already a few people in the comments that said you know they discovered dream theater with a dramatic turn of events so for them this is like you know in in a way this is this is kind of like for me it's it's like for those those fans it's kind of like my experience with van halen you know like i I've I've always my whole life been a huge Van Halen fan, but I didn't get to see him live until Sammy was in the band. So then when Dave came back, it was like oh, I, f- I finally got to see that, you know, the, the that original, you know, lineup minus Michael Anthony, obviously. But so, um, man, it's yeah. I, I, just, I it'll be interesting to see the, see them kind of like with that new energy and like you said, Rich. I, I think and I think a lot of fans are into this because admittedly, like I love the band, but this that this was a huge sticking point with me is the kind of they, they they kept up with everything really well but yeah the fan interaction stuff that portnoy did was i think that was a big portion of the of the band's success and not having that was i think the only thing that was a huge you know stuck out like a sore thumb kind of thing for me 
the rotating set list as well, even if it's just a little bit, because you get a lot yeah. of fans that will go and follow the band around, you know, for four or five nights. So, you know, it's yeah. nice. Like, and that's kind of appreciated and given the nod by mixing things up a bit. But Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I had that experience on the Systematic Cast, where I saw him on a Friday night and a Saturday night back to back, and you know, I was in Columbus on Friday and Cleveland on Saturday, and of the two set lists, there was only two common songs, so I basically had you know five hours or whatever the hell it was with you know of Dream Theater with and only hearing two songs twice, it was incredible. Yeah, well, I always kind of think things sort of happen for a reason, and I know John thinks I'm going to say something stupid here, but I'm actually being serious. <laughs> nice. So so so. If you really look at this from the outside, um, a guy like Mangini, who's been in a lot of great bands, he was an extreme, he was an annihilator, now he's been in Dream Theater. Portnoy was kind of doing the Mangini role all these years. He wasn't in Dream Theater. He's playing in like five different bands. You know, he was in Avenged Sevenfold for a while. Also, he filled in for Twisted Sister. And if you really look at it, that should be kind of more the role that Mangini does. And Portnoy is always sort of meant to be in Dream Theater. So it just kind of works yeah. out the way it's supposed to. I just, the universe is weird that way, you know? Things, I think, just sort of, if you really step back and look at it, like, yeah, this is kind of what these two guys are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, it, it, feel, it feels like. God, I I hate to use this because like I I feel like in praising this like I'm like downplaying Mangini's you know influence and and the material that he put out and it, I I hate doing that but this kind of just does feel like coming home in a way I mean I hate to it's such such a cheesy cliche but you know you you said it Rich right right when you jumped on you like to you Dream Theater feels like Mike Portnoy should be in the band yeah you know it never quite felt right and this the, I I I guess I kind of agree but that's you know it's that's because of the fact that I've been following following them since '89. So it kind of he's always it was always there. So when he when he left, it was a bit of a shock. So if you're a newer fan that's come in the last ten or fifteen years, then if Mike left after one album, it doesn't mean anything to you, does it? Really? So yeah, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it works out. So, wow. Uh, Okay, well, I'm going to head off because my phone's blowing up here. So, there you go. Yeah, you got some, you, I can't you got, imagine why. Yeah, you you got to get to work on that third edition of Lifting Shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get it sorted out by the morning. It'll be fine. But, yeah, all good. So, <laughs> nice. Good to see you. Thanks, Thanks a lot, for, for Thank, yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks again, Rich. Man. Great to see you again. Thanks. Cheers. See ya. We forgot oh, to tell him. Make, make sure he mentions his, how he talked about it on Talking Into Infinity yeah. when he does the book. Oh my God! That, so I, I have a very serious question for Chris Aiken. Now, if the winery dogs are done, does this mean Richie Cotson's back in poison? <laughs> I know how serious. Oh, the dominoes are falling. The dominoes are falling. I mean, CC Deville's got to be like probably taking a dump in his pants right now. I know. Well, let, let's get let's get some comments in here because I was trying to give Rich his time, which was awesome. But many many thanks to Rich Wilson for jumping on on the fly. Uh, for those of you guys who are not familiar with Rich, he's been on our show a couple times. I uh, did a great album deep dive into Octavarium with him. Uh, we had him on to talk about uh, his officially authorized dream theater biography called lifting shadows if you guys are not familiar with that or have not read it don't own a copy you can get it pretty much anywhere you can think of i know it's on amazon go pick that up it is a fantastic read so uh, many thanks to rich for jumping on on the fly um so yeah this is uh man look at this i I can't believe this is happening you know dark man 24 we were talking about the vocals he says get some lady background singers to sing the high parts behind james singing it lower uh 
Are you advocating for the permanent hire of Teresa Thompson to Dream Theater? <laughs> um, Zach Smith. Also, will be interesting to see how Portnoy will hash out Mangini's drum parts or what songs they even choose to play live from this era. I, I kind of wondered about that, too, because Mangini does some kooky shit, man. And as, as fast as Portnoy is, I mean, Mangini's got the fastest hands in the world. Well, so that, remember that's on, be... on, on View from the Top of the World, he said he purposely, like, changed these parts around and played a bunch of stuff, like, different and backwards, so it would be really difficult for yeah. other drummers to play. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> um. Yeah, this is, man, oh, man. Yeah, Zach, Zach said, uh, Portnoy has said he isn't as technical as Mangini and doesn't play drums like that. Who man. Uh, <laughs> Bo Van Bibber, when I was talking about that, I, I must have got it right, right off the rip. He says, I think you beat Blabbermouth. <laughs> who, who, who knows? Who knows? So I wonder when, when do you think this was first talked about? Like the day the last tour is over do they wait a week and they all get on a conference call minus mangini and uh and probably minus probably minus portnoy originally you know i'm just curious you know i'm like i would love to get like just the true story just verbatim like how did this go down i'm just interested you know well for me i again mike mangini did not look like himself to me when i saw him in kentucky on July 9th on the Dream Sonic tour. And so I'm wonder again, I, I wonder if this was talked about before. And then, you know, they said, let's just get through this tour. I mean, I don't know how that would work, but I mean, I would assume it's like, hey, you know, collect your paycheck. Let's go. Um, Man, oh, man. I, I I don't know. And I don't care about it from like a TMZ drama standpoint. I'm just no, seriously sure, interested. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, this dude said this. And he, you know, what I mean, because these guys are all adults at this point, I think. And it's, you know, you're not talking about, um, I don't know, a band that's selling 12 million album, you know, a year and, and filling 50,000 seaters, you know. Yep. We, we, we got an angry face emoji from Abraham Rangel. I, it, either he doesn't like the content or he doesn't want Mike Portnoy back in the band. <laughs> if you don't like the content, we apologize. That's all we got. We got faces for radio. Um, yeah, dude, I, God, that's such a good question. Like I said, we're never we're never going to get the total truth. But um, <laughs> Doug McCauley. So it's like it's like the end of uh, the movie Fanboys. What if the movie sucks? Uh, he says, question, what if the new album with Portnoy sucks? LOL, shocker, I know, but possible? Um, okay, I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know if this is so, such a long limb or, or a flimsy limb. I really like the last two records, especially uh, Distance Over Time. So I think that the... I, I think that the writing relationship between Petrucci and Rudis has gotten to a point now where, you know, and, and the astonishing as well, I should say, I love the astonishing. I'm a huge fan of that record. Um, I think that their writing relationship has gotten to a point where it's so strong that when you do do it, just do what they're doing the last couple of records, but then you throw Portnoy into the mix as a third writer. I don't see how that can be anything but kick ass. I mean, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, suck is a really strong word. It's going to be interesting because there are going to be people, and this is no matter what your favorite band is, there's going to be people that this could be the greatest thing that anyone's ever heard. And you could get 
15,000 people going, this is terrible. Bring back Mangini. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> right. people are driven so often by their own emotions and what they think something should sound like and, and what, you know what I mean? And uh, oh, interesting comment from Aiken there. It's not going to suck if anything. Portnoy upgraded his game with Sons of Apollo. Yeah. You know what? I, I agree with that. I also think that yeah. last <clears throat> Petrucci album, and we've, we've given it a pretty decent run, but man, that that is one of the greatest melodic guitar rock. Just, I mean, there was nothing lost in it seeing it live or hearing it um, through your headphones. Like, it was just a great experience, and that's very, very hard to do. And I think Mike Portnoy is 35 to 40% to, not, not to blame, but to, to, to get the credit for that. You know what I mean? That, like you said, that sure. chemistry, that there's sort of an uh, an urgency and an immediacy of of the riffs bouncing off the guitar when Portnoy's playing the drums with them, and maybe some of that was lost initially. I thought they started to bring that back on the last two albums, which you make a great point. We keep going back to distance over time, kind of brought that feel back, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, to say it's gonna suck, I just that's pretty. That's <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Hybrid8253 calling me out. He says, now you're talking nonsense about the astonishing. No one should publicly admit to liking that album. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Sorry, man. I, I love it, man. Take, take my fan credit if you want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cam McLeish and Hybrid has just been booted from the chat. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, dude, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I completely agree with you. The the, the chemistry and the power of that show. I mean, we both talked about it that night. We were like, wow, dude. Um, it was definitely easy to see. It was definitely on display. It was like, like, like I said earlier, that was when I finally got it, quote unquote. I was like, okay, I understand the difference between Portnoy and, and, and Mangini now. And um, it, it was just, man, oh, man uh fish he says i've been out of the loop what actually happened with mangini did he step aside or was he fired uh th they're not saying but um in the if you if you go on the dream theater website the official press release is there and mangini does say i understand the band's decision to get mike portnoy back in the band so it sounds like they replaced mangini with, Por with portnoy so um yeah so god damn dude this is this is crazy uh cam mcleish wants to know he says, do you think he'll have the Siamese monster kit again live? That's an interesting question, Kale, because I I, th I think he, first of all, he downsizes for the other bands because he doesn't need all that stuff. Um, but I also think that he downsized on a few of it because he was kind of the front man. So you had to see him more. Whereas with the Siamese monster, like he does his front man thing because he's Portnoy, but, you know, he was, a you know, one part of the whole. So that'll be interesting to see what he you know <laughs> hybrid being banned from the chat is a show joke so that's you're good you're good um you the only the only way to get banned from the chat truly on this show is to say that you love repentance uh, <laughs> and even then that's a question um yeah i, I that, that'll be interesting to see brian if he's going to bring back that huge siamese monster or if he's going to go with the hey look at me like tone it down so he can interact a little with the fans more type of kit yeah, I'll say who cares. I just want to see Mike Fangini up there. <laughs> Mike Portnoy, you mean? 
Oh yeah, Mike Portnoy. Sorry, <laughs> two mics. Brian is officially against this move. Yeah, I like that. I can add another great comment. I guess Chance Labrie officially never gets the Wolfie VH treatment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I, I doubt they ever seriously looked at him. I mean, that would if if there was no Portnoy then or he flat out refused, then that would that would probably be pretty cool, interesting to see him do something like that. But uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Philip Z, he says, this is basically a repeat of Rudis replacing Sharinian. Funny how history repeats. I, I had that I had that thought, too. I was like, this is kind of uh, similar to that. So I'd say no, because Sharinian was never a founding member or anything. This is way different than that. Well, <clears throat> I'll give you different, but I'm not going to say way different. This was, hey, you know, the band, you know, we want to upgrade. So here we go. So uh, from that standpoint, yes. But uh, man, a lot, a lot of people are championing the twelve-step suite in the in the chat. Everyone wants to hear that. Do you think you could do the the twelve-step suite and just uh, like have like a record skip sound effect go through the <laughs> arena when repentance comes up and just bump to the next song? Like, oh, make it all funny, but not actually have to have repentance in there. I, I don't think we're going to get that. I think that's too self-indulgent on his part, and I don't think he wants to come in here and just blast that all through everyone you know i think he wants to be more collaborative than that yeah i, I you know all joking about repentance aside and whatnot in the 12 steps we i you know what i could see happening i i think on the, at least on the first tour or the first the first run i don't think they'll do it but i think that the that important being back in the band totally brings that into play like if they were to do like an evening with type of a situation where like the first set is you know regular set and then the second set of the show is just the 12 steps we i i could see them doing something like that because portnoy never got to do it and you know they they've they've tried to do all that crazy fan stuff like you know doing records in their entirety and whatnot so now that portnoy's back why not do the 12 steps suite? i mean i i we could tell from the chat that i think a lot of you know a lot of people would be into that idea so uh, little for JC, I have the same question. He says, will the Cookie Monster vocals come back? Yeah, that's, you know, I wonder about that, first of all, because that was getting to be a bigger part of the sound on the last couple of records with Portnoy. Um, but it's interesting because I think I think Portnoy's done a lot more singing on his more on his recent stuff. So it's like he's a he's a stronger vocalist. So are they going to employ that more? I, I I'm going to be fascinated to see how how they use him in the writing. That that to me is the biggest question. The the thing I'm most interested to see. Well, I'd I'd love to know like what's if you if you put the truth serum to Mike Portnoy, okay, and let's forget the early albums. Like, what does he? What are his honest, one hundred percent true thoughts on the last two records? Like, what does he think? Does he think, yeah, this 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 sounds like Dream Theater should sound in in twenty you know twenty three, or when the album was out twenty 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 one whatever when they came out? Does he, and what is his vision of now? Like this to me is what Dream Theater should needs to sound like. I it you know you can never get inside someone's brain, but I'd be fascinated to know what he thinks they should sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, like I, I mean, again, great great point i mean is he sitting down going i like this i don't like this i enjoy this you know i mean it doesn't sound too different from what they were doing with him but still he you know he might say hey i liked where you guys did this i, I liked where you did this like right you know again the the writing relationship between you know john petrucci and jordan rudis has definitely progressed 
So where is that going from here? You know, how where does Portnoy fit in? I just I just think it can be nothing but good good news, man. Because if you're gonna take material like distance over time, uh, you know, view from the top of the world, and I'm sorry guys, but the astonishing, and you're gonna throw Mike Portnoy in there into that mix as a third writer, I don't see how that can be anything but good. Yeah, that, I mean, I think you keep bringing it up too. That I think the vocals are gonna be the thing that takes the most um I don't say reshaping, but uh, maybe just the way they think about vocals in general, and how to how do him and James, you know, work together, and and uh, how does that how does that process all play out, you know? Right, okay, Aiken, is this a show or a show meeting where you're discussing the next thirty episodes worth of show topics? I know we probably should have cut this at five minutes. I know. I, well, I was thinking like, it, but then we got a bunch of people tuned in, so I was like, yeah, let's get people's thoughts. And then I saw Rich, I was like, let's get him on. So, um. But yeah, we'll 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 cut it off here. But um, god damn, yeah. Uh, thanks to all you guys in the chat. If you haven't tuned in before, this is this is what we do. We bullshit live and we bring your comments up on the screen so that you can take part in the show and have your voice heard. So appreciate you guys all tuning in. Uh, man, crazy, crazy, crazy. So Mike Portnoy is officially back in Dream Theater. This is gonna, uh, you know, be a lot of speculation going over the next few months. I wonder if they're gonna you know leak out little teasers and things like that and um you know i i i kind of think uh kale don't ask that question i i already have to come up with a great excuse kale so don't ask um yeah i th this is like the nerd in me and i'm sorry to reference star wars but back when they did the prequels like when the internet was in its infancy and like they they would do little video log episodes while the, they were making the movie. So like, and they're, they're on the bonus features of the DVD releases of episodes one, two, and three, but it was pretty cool. Cause like every few weeks you'd get like this little, like three, four, five minute long little thing of, you know, behind the scenes of, you know, Hey, here's, here's the lightsabers we're making and shit like that. Like um, it'd be cool if they kind of did that with this, you know, some, you know, studio logs or something, just have it, you know, do it in little pieces as, as they go. I, I think that'd be cool. I, I like your idea of a documentary, Brian. I, I think hundred percent that's going to happen. Um, so I, I think it'd be cool if they did it along, along the way. So I definitely, definitely that's, that'd be my, my choice. So, um, but yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in, Brian. Thanks for jumping on. I know you're, you're so busy and you're semi-retirement over there, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, uh, for those of you guys who are not familiar with the show very much, uh, we actually go live every other Thursday at 7 30 PM Eastern standard time. Um, so we're, our next show is going to be next, uh, next Thursday. And the date on that is going to be November 2nd. So if you want to tune into the show again, uh, we do do off Dream Theater shows. So we, we talk about other musical stuff besides Dream Theater. Um, actually, next Thursday is a show I'm very excited for. We're going to have legendary guitar writer Stephen Rosen on the show to do an interview about a fantastic Eddie Van Halen book he's written called Tone Chaser. So that'll be uh, next Thursday night, November 2nd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we do have an Instagram page, Facebook page, all that good stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, please click the like button, click the subscribe button, smash the notification bell, all those fun social media things you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. So thanks again, guys, for tuning in. I know it's a weird hour. Brian, thanks for jumping on. And uh, yeah. Wow. I, I guess it's I, I guess the end of the show that I, my, my closing statement now is uh, more apropos than ever. So uh, we'll see you next time, guys. And uh, in, enjoy a great day of Dream Theater news and speculation. As always, carpe diem. <laughs>